a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, Indianapolis Supercross Review. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Lots to talk about when it comes to this race, and uh, including a penalty to the 250 uh, Supercross points uh, winner and uh, the 450 class, a great ride by Jason Anderson, among others. We'll uh, we'll talk about that and much more here on the show. Flyracing.com, please check them out. They make much more than just gear for you people. You saw Weston Pike and Blake Baggett and Seven Deuce Deuce and Zach Osborne all running the fly stuff, but they make... Uh, Snowmobile stuff. I know it's March, but they, they make snowmobile stuff. They make watercraft stuff. They make mountain bike stuff, uh, casual wear, hard parts, uh, flyracing.com. If you go there and check on their website, you'd be surprised at all the cool shit that they have. So thanks to uh, Fly Racing for making this happen. Also, to Maxis, uh, MXST tire coming out soon, uh, by Jer- developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. To learn more, visit maxis.com. And Alpine Stars protects... Tech 10 boots, Tech 7 boots, my boot of choice, or the A4 chest protector. Whatever you want, Alpine Stars has got you covered. You know their uh, components are double-checked. You know their quality is top-notch. You know their uh, their innovations are amazing. And uh, please check out Alpine Star Protects. And also, to subscribe to RacerX Magazine, everybody. We've got some cool things coming out for that. So, uh, yeah, please uh, look into that. And uh, remember, nothing we do in the magazine is ever repeated on the web. So it's... Uh, Really neat deal. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Like I said, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, he was not in Indianapolis. Neither was I. He's the RaceRex Online boss, the voice of Supercross, the voice of Motocross, the voice of Flat Track, the voice of Geneva Supercross, I should say. Jason Wygant. Yeah. Hold on. Can we, before we get into Indianapolis and how we both weren't there, we're hoping to get some special guests on in here a little bit, by the way. Uh, your Flat Track partner. Is Ralph Shaheen? Dream team, bro. Who carries it? Who's the play-by-play guy? Dude, I got a handle. Don't worry. I'm the traffic cop, and we throw it to Ralph, an expert in the field, no doubt. (laughs) Expert analyst, Ralph Shaheen, breaking it all down. So, Ralph's into flat track, or Ralph just likes the money? Ralph just likes the job. Uh, I'm going to let that question answer itself. I think it's probably a pretty obvious answer. Okay. Um, the money is nice, but, uh, I don't know. Maybe he's independently wealthy. Maybe he's just doing it for the love. Um, but I would assume that the paycheck probably helps, <laughs> but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth. Maybe, right. maybe he won the lottery and he just wants to give back. Okay. Uh, so gifting the industry with his knowledge. Are you alone with him in a, in a, in a voiceover room at any point? Uh, no, I think everyone knows. Don't put the two of us alone in one room. Probably dangerous. Okay. Only one man will probably leave. 
Well, two men enter, one man leave. That was my point. Like, this is your chance. If you strangle him with a mic cord, yeah. you could become the voice of Supercross. Yeah, all those checks that we've been splitting through the years, him doing half the work and me doing half the work, they would all be mine. So uh, we were supposed to do our first show together this week, and he actually had to go to Chicago because he only basically got signed on to be the expert analyst like five days ago. So he had a trip to Indy, obviously, planned already. So uh, he wasn't there. So they actually sent him to the NBC Chicago news desk. Like I'm talking like it looked – he sent me a picture of him in the studio. It looked like Lester Holt. I'm like – I said, you look like To Catch a Predator on Dateline NBC right now. <laughs> so he's in the room with like, you know, the 15,000 monitors in the back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and huge NBC Peacock logo. So he was on a headset in Chicago and I was in Charlotte. So we have not been – we did a little audition. Well, I saw a photo. Before. Yeah, I saw a photo. There was a dream team photo. Dream team, yes. And we did an audition in the in the studio here in Charlotte like two weeks ago. Then we were at Daytona together to shoot our on-camera stand-ups. Um, but we haven't done a real show that actually counts being in the same room yet. Well, but is, uh, all is. I can say is, I mean, this is it. This is This is the scenario that everybody wanted. This is, like I said, the dream team. We did our eight-minute-long stand-up at the entire first segment of the show in one take at yep. Daytona. Yep. And everybody's like, oh, my God, you just did the first eight minutes of the show standing there. And I'm like, look, talking's not going to be a problem with this group. We yeah. got that handled. Right. We just might be clueless when it comes to any actual information. I, I like Ralph. Ralph's a professional. Ralph's been doing this for 100 years, and yeah. Ralph has passion for mm-hmm. rock and roll and racing. Oh, yeah. That's the Ralph. man's man. Yeah. And so... This is cool. I like it. Ralph, why get it? Somehow, though, like, you could never do the Supercross job, and Fro can't do the Motocross job, and Langston will never get the Supercross job. The, 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 the streams will never cross, okay? But Ralph is a just – Ralph is Ralph. He can go call an auction, a Supercross, or a flat track for NBC. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's actually funny. When I started doing NASCAR stuff a couple years ago, if someone got like a bunch of gigs and was like, yeah, I got to be in Phoenix one day and this track another day and this track another day, the like literal running joke would be like, what are you, Ralph Shaheen? Really? And they weren't saying that to me. Like people didn't even know I knew him. Right. I'm just saying in any circles you go, the reference of guy who works for any network, any race, anytime, anywhere can just jump in there. Yeah. That's Ralph. Now, did we cover Ricky Rockman? On the pod? Have we covered that? Or was that only in uh, private? I don't know if we did. Yeah. I don't know if we did. <coughs> Excuse uh, me. Um, yeah. So, Ricky Rackman, who had MTV Headbangers Ball, he was the host of MTV Loveline after uh, Corolla left, Adam Corolla. Um, <laughs> he, he was up for this analyst job that Ralph got. Yeah. So, they were looking for someone that was local in the Charlotte area so they wouldn't have to fly someone 18 times a year into the studio. And, uh, by the way, the reason we're talking about this now, our, our first show debuted this afternoon. Ralph and I, the Dream Team, our show debuted today on okay, NBCSN. Yep. So that's why we're covering this. Could you, could you always refer to it as a Dream Team, please, forever? Oh, it's a Dream Team. Okay, all right, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, this is two, I don't know anything about hockey. It, does hockey have, like, the equivalent of, like, the point guard or the pitcher, like the dude who's in charge? Do they have that? No, no. You mean like a quarterback? Like a quarterback? Like a quarterback? Yes, this is two quarterbacks somehow on the same team. Yeah, yeah. Two quarterbacks. Right. Yes, two quarterbacks, two pitchers at the same time. I don't even know how this. I'm looking forward to like. Yeah. You're throwing out a point, then Ralph throws out a point, and then you try to throw up a point. You know, 
and like this is gonna just go, and you guys are gonna miss the start of the next race or whatever while you're dropping knowledge and dropping bombs on each other. Yes. So uh, the plan they they knew Ralph was local, and they're like, wait, we have a wild card. Ricky Rackman, who you might have heard of, I'm like, headbanger's ball. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. He just moved to Charlotte. He's big into motorcycles. He is into motorcycles. Yep, I've, I've done some reading up on this, yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. He's done some NASCAR stuff in the past. I think he actually even does some sort of NASCAR radio show even now, uh-huh. interviewing the drivers. So, like, we're going to give him a shot. So I had to – one day I auditioned with Ricky Rackman and Ralph. Um, I think they had to be escorted into the building so they didn't see each other. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's how it worked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ricky Rackman was almost the guy. <laughs> but uh, Ricky came in right. and said, hey, I'm just letting everybody know, I don't really know anything. <laughs> just right up front, I'm going in for a job audition, but I want you yeah. guys to know. Yes. So at that point, I think everybody was like, well, this isn't going to work, but I'll tell you something. We did the audition anyway after he pretty much told us. Not pretty much. He literally said, I don't know anything. Right. But he was, his voice, his personality, uh-huh. he just sounded so effing cool. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm like, there's still a shot. Can, uh, can one of there's our listeners, can one of our listeners please Photoshop Ricky and, and Weege next to each other so I can see what this would look like? I need to see this. Somebody do this. Somebody get it. through my mind. He was yeah. so cool. Yeah. His voice was so cool. He was so well-spoken that I'm like, but if they send this guy to some races and he picks up 30% of the necessary knowledge, the cool factor is going to make up for the rest. I'm like, this is not impossible. Yeah. Uh, so they went with Ralph. Ralph's yeah. a sure thing. Yeah, Ralph's money. Um, right. But um, honestly, if you sent Ricky Rackman to a few races and just had him do some on-camera stuff, yep. uh, like uh, like our buddy Daniel Blair does, yep. or Jerry Bernardo. crush that. Jerry Bernardo-ish? Jerry Bernardo-ish. Yes. All right. Yep. All right, well, so, uh, dream team. Well, I'll keep you yeah. updated throughout. The yes, season. please do, please do. Yep. Uh, we're going to be in a little bit of a disjointed podcast here because we're going to bring some guests in and out because we were we were not there. What? When's the last time you think a Supercross went off without either one of us there? No, I think we did it once last year, didn't we? Uh, really? Yeah, I think we did. I only missed Daytona last year, so no. Oh, all right, well, it definitely wasn't that. Couldn't happen. I feel like it's happened. Uh, uh, Wait, that Detroit race where Dungey got penalized. Speaking of, yep. I don't think either of us were there. I was not there. No. Me neither. Nope. Yep. Wow. Okay. So, so now we know. If we don't so, go, there's going to be a penalty. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Let's bring in uh, JT and uh, maybe that guy with the number one plate. He didn't have a great night, but uh, he wears fly racing, and uh, he's a friend of the show. Let's uh, let's bring yeah. in Zach Osborne and JT here. All right. We got him on the line. Jason Thomas on vacation in Mexico. Zach Osborne down in Florida. We're going to talk some Indianapolis Supercross. First up, let's bring in our regular co-host from Fly Racing. JT, what's up, JT? How's the sun? It's all right. It's, uh, it's not bad to be in Mexico on a Sunday. No. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Have you seen Sammy Hagar yet? I have not. I have not, but it's. Uh, I have a few more days, so the search is not over. All right, let me know if you see him. Tell him I said hi. Why don't you just get with Jason Bonham, get with Fro? Why don't you make it happen? I don't feel like I'm your best resource on this. I tried that. I tried that. Fro said that could happen, and then Fro never answered a text, numerous texts when I was watching Hagar from the stage in in uh, in Glen Helen. Mm. Fro went completely well, silent. It's unfortunate. I feel like he he has the ability if he really wanted to, he can make it happen. Well, Lifelong dream for you. Yeah. No, I expressed that to him. I, Perhaps when you, you know, when you donate a resource as good as the Nets, 
the least I feel like that could be reciprocated would be a meeting with Sammy Hagar. Yeah, you would think so, but maybe Fro went silent like he does often on a Saturday night broadcast. Oh. Oh, okay, all right. Let's move on. Maybe most of will hook it up. Also on the line from uh, Rockstar Husky and uh, he's defending 250 Supercross champion, Zach Osborne. What's up, Zach? Oh, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Just a uh, beautiful, sunny southern Florida afternoon um, in the backyard. Yeah, well, look, look, Zacho, us three weren't there. You were the only guy there. I know we were racing, but we need your observations here. Wow. I feel like I should have gotten my my pay sorted up front then. Yeah, well, we'll work on it with fly racing. I'll take, I'll take care of that, Zacho. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. All right, all right. How is all your right. fly racing gear, Zacho? I made a joke couple of shows ago there's no room on the front of your jersey for any other logos yeah it was way out of line i don't know what what where you came up with that at you look like ricky bobby billboard you have so many logos on your jersey i would like just I to have just to fly one more than everyone else we just need a fly and a rock star and we're good that's it all right well okay okay you're paying for the rest and it's all good let's get into this a little bit zacko so Tough. Obviously, we saw the shootout race come together. Um, your starts, once again, were terrific. Great work on that. Dude, uh, my main event start was really freaking good. It was like the best start I've done all season, and I uh, yeah, came out dead last. So <laughs> Right. Well, you put yourself in that position. Um, what was tougher, though, uh, the, the main event itself or the track? Like, holy crap, I watched practice, watched the race. Uh, that track was gnarly. Yeah, it was gnarly just for the simple fact that it was so ruddy. Um, and it was a pretty basic build, but I felt like that they kind of had to do that because of uh, just the, the dirt condition. And, yeah, it was just real grabby feeling, like um, one of those tracks where it felt like you could be, you know, going straight and then, oh, wow, I'm in the tough blocks and, uh, yeah. you know, no, no warning. Um, it wasn't super physical, I didn't feel like, just because, you mean we were basically doubling around with a couple of triples here and there, right? Um, but it was just kind of tough on your brain a little bit, and yeah, you just had to really be on top of your your game the whole time. You couldn't couldn't take any break. Were you? Did you have any close ones in the main, or after sort of when you got started in last, was it was it all right, or did, we didn't see a whole lot of it on TV? Yeah, in the main it was pretty um, pretty uneventful, just trying to pass people. Um, I had a close one in the whoops in the, I think the second practice, um, got like against that like V line uh, in the middle, and swapped a little bit at the end, and then sent it up the berm into the tough blocks and uh, barely got it stopped. But uh, yeah, saved it. Um, Could have been really really bad. But um, other than that, not nothing major. Okay, so we talked about on my Thursday Fly Race and Moto 60 show that. You know, I mean, this is a showdown, so this is going to be, you know, the potential to get a uh, seventh for you, like that, that you got, is 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 high because of the the bad start and all the all the talent in the class. Do you like this race? Did you did you like the format, or are you one of those guys that was like, look, I have the points lead. This is the worst possible thing that could happen right now. No, I, I definitely wasn't saying it was the worst possible thing. I was actually kind of um, banking on on gaining some points. Um, I know my starts have been my biggest woe of the season and even last season they weren't great um I, I did a lot of a lot of changes um this week to or last week to try to to fix that and i feel like 
like I said in the main event, I executed a really good start. I just got pinched down from the from AC on the outside of me, and then he clipped the tough block, and that was all she wrote. So, um, I mean, uh, to to be worst case scenario, worst possible scenario in the first turn, and then yeah. get seventh and lose one point in the championship, I think it was um, a good weekend. I feel like I rode really well, and I was really close to to making a pass there on the last lap um, to not lose any points, to gain a point. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely kind of a wrench in the plans and a big question mark on the schedule. But at the same time, um, it, yeah, I think it, it spices things up for the fans. Uh, made you know Both red plate holders were 21st and 22nd in the first turn. So mm-hmm. um, what more to you ask for as, as far as drama? We but jump- um, oh. like I said in the press conference, I feel like – uh, the 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 teams and the the structure are there for it to be a 17 race series and the racing in the 250 class and the talent pool right now is so deep that that that's what it kind of deserves. Um, and last night, in my opinion, and and every Vegas um, in recent memory kind of proves that. You know, I think it's it's kind of time. Uh, Weeds, jump in. Uh, well, I'm not racing the class, so what would I know? What do you want me to jump in on, bro? Got any questions for him? Oh, yeah. Early in the main event, yeah, so you and Plessinger were way in the back. And then Plessinger made tracks instantly to the front. It was like 15th, 12th, 9th, almost instantly. And I was expecting the same from you because, sadly, we've seen you in that position a time or two, as recently as Daytona, and you're passing five or six guys in a lap. It seemed like it took you longer to get there uh, than him. So, But it was hard to see. So what happened in those first couple laps where he was able to get him in bunches and it seemed like it took you a while to eventually – you were getting to them when they were more strung out. Yeah, um, I, I don't really know. I didn't really realize that until uh, the end of the race. Like when it was over, I realized, you know, I knew that he had beat me or whatever. But then I watched um, watched the race today, and yeah, he was just right in front of me on the start. But I feel like he, you know, he was two bike links in front of me, but that netted him like three bikes on the first lap. Where I was, I came around. And I think I was still like almost dead last on the when we crossed the finish line the first time. So um, I think just the the three or four spots right there on the first lap, and uh, it kind of helped them build a little bit of steam. And for me, it was literally like one guy each lap, and then I spent like three or four laps behind Phil, and then it took me two laps to get Peters, and then, yeah, I ran out of time on Forkner. So um, maybe I was a little bit too cautious in the beginning, and I should have been uh, full sin mode a little bit more. But, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Be nice to have more of these showdowns. How wide game? Oh, it was awesome. I like mean, seventeen of them. Oh, uh, well, no, see, not seventeen. I see where you're at. I see where you're at with that, Zach. Zach, Zach, you voted. You have definitely voted. We know what direction you're going. Well, he's going four fifty next I, year, I, so he doesn't care. I'm moving up, so yeah. I don't care. But I'm just saying, it's what it's what it deserves. Honestly, like you can't say that the two fifty racing is lame ever. There's always action. There's never huge wins. I mean, it, it's it's an all-action class. If there was one thing, JT, that I think they miscalculated on was the the depth of the West wasn't there because it was Indy. I think nobody wanted to go that far. And like a Van Buskirk moved up to 450s. He was just like, screw it. I don't want to do it. Almost got to be Minneapolis, uh, Dallas, Houston, huh, JT, if you're going to do this in the future, just to ensure the West guys all show up. Minneapolis, you're blaming the lack of depth on Van Buskirk moving up, moving up to 450. No, I just just the, the we didn't have many West guys. 
And so I just think guys didn't want to make the trip, or other guys were saying, "I don't want to, I don't want to ride," or whatever it was. You know? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I understand, but at the same time, how many guys did you really think were going to make the main from the West? You know? Like, I don't know. I, I felt like most of the the elite guys. I think injuries have really been the spoiler versus you know the distance. Um, if you took, if you added everybody that was healthy and made that race. You know, like the beginning of the year when everybody's healthy, I think you would be overwhelmingly um, difficult as far as making the main. I just feel like injuries have been the problem. I know what you're saying, only 19 guys showed up in the West, but, uh, you know, a lot of those guys wouldn't make the main under any circumstances, so it kind of doesn't matter. Zacho, do you feel like there was six East guys in the top ten, uh, four, six to four? Do you feel like you guys had a bit of an advantage having no, not, no time off and you've been racing your regular series? I don't know what was a bigger advantage, uh, us racing on tracks like that. Um, like St. Louis was pretty ruddy and, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we're geared towards that, um, whereas they're geared towards, yeah, hard pack. And uh, I feel like that was maybe a bigger advantage um, for us than, than the racing. I mean, I know that the racing uh, thing has an, has an effect on it. Um, as you can see, like, if you're injured and you come back in the middle of the season – but that's kind of a different situation. So for me, I think that the the bigger advantage for us was just that we were more used to racing on the ruddier conditions and just kind of being prepared for that whole yeah. setup. Uh, so before we went on, you had a question, Osborne, about another rider's finish. To, and we'll we'll let Wygant take this because he's the he's the he's the off road expert. It was simply a joke, just because I know your hatred for off road. But I simply asked if uh, Rintland's comfort in the ruts was due to his GNCC tenure at the end of last season, which yeah. I fully believe it's a yes. Right, right. You can say what you want. What do you think, Weege? Oh, yeah, yeah. Can we get a sound? Can we get like a, if this was family feud, ding, 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 ding. I mean, look, this is where you want to go. we got Plessinger leading the points in one division, GNCC experience. Zacho, despite some people on this phone call trying to discourage him and take him down, has done the off-road thing. Look at where he is now, holding the red plate. And then a breakthrough podium for Luke Rensland, who was even putting in at one brief moment the fastest laps on the track. Yeah, maybe one lap. I when I when the, when the race stopped and I saw that he had gotten third, I was like, oh, you know, like something must have happened. Not no disrespect to him. Yeah, he's been kind of yeah. on the brink of that for a while. But I yeah. watched the race today and I was like, he almost got second, and Smith was right behind him for a long, long time and never really made any any gains or um, was even close to passing him. No, it was pretty legit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was yeah. legit, for yep. sure. Yeah, gr- yeah, great work on that. So, yeah, Zach, you're right. I'm right. Off-road will never steer you wrong. Well. Some other guy on the phone does not agree with this, this philosophy. Uh, a lot of people would point out to Zach's unfulfilled potential while he was currently, currently riding off-road races, and as soon as he decided to give them up and focus on motocross and supercross, he became a, uh, a double champion. That's what <laughs> others would say. Some would say. Some would say he became a double champion the moment he focused 100% on uh, on, on Supercross Motocross. So, um, J- Tommy's a little fuzzy in there. Tommy's a little fuzzy. It wasn't a direct. It wasn't instant. JT, so at the Supercross Live thing with Daniel Blair and Jim Hawley, at the end of the thing, they asked for winners. And I believe Blair said Zach Osborne will get it done. Gentlemen, Jim Hawley. 
said, I believe Jeremy Martin's going to win the night. And I'm like, this crazy old man. Like, like, where is he getting Jay Martin? Like, yeah, okay, Jay Martin's been good, for sure. Better than he's been. But where would this guy get Jeremy Martin from? Well, JT, never question Jim Hawley. Never question him. Well, on our uh, either on our fantasy podcast or on Moto 60 on Thursday, one of the two, uh, we actually had the question of, you know, who's the who's the, the quiet underdog guy that could come in and get on the podium that we're not thinking about? And my answer, Jeremy Martin. But we really shouldn't have been that surprised because if you go back to Atlanta, he wins the final main event. You go to Daytona, he gets a really strong second place. Mm-hmm. You go to St. Louis, he gets a really strong second place. So, yeah, when you have carnage, you know, Zacco's on the ground in the first turn. Plessinger's on, well, not on the ground, but they're all yeah. tied up in the first turn. Yep. The door's open. So, I don't, you know, I don't ever think it's been a question of can Jeremy Martin go fast or not. He just really ever hasn't ever been able to put it together for these main events. And, you know, I don't know what the, the difference is. I don't know what you know, where the change has been made or if it's mental or physical or bike or what, but he has definitely turned a corner as far as, uh, you know, his results the last month or so. Yeah, it's been it's been impressive. I mean, just the showdown comes and Weege just Jeremy Martin leaves 21 laps. See you later. I'm out of here. Yeah, now I don't know exactly where Jim Hawley was pulling that from because um, I heard the same thing and I was like, man, you're right. Like, if it were just an East race and the guys got back-to-back podiums, that's not a wild card really at all. But then you're throwing in Plessinger, Savachi, AC, McElrath, all these guys, in addition. And then you're picking a guy who hasn't won a race this year. It was amazing. But yeah. uh, one thing, you know, those gnarly rutted conditions, we almost see if, if anyone gets stamped with the you're more of an outdoor guy um, title over their name, they almost inevitably seem to do better on these rough, gnarly tracks. I don't even know if riders want to own that because yeah. guys like J-Mart, I think, will be the first to say, no, 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 do not brand me that way. Don't brand me that way. Yeah. But it seems to work out. Uh, Zacho, before we let you go, how about Blake Wharton? He hasn't raced for four years. His time was seventh quickest, I think, overall. Granted, he had a groom track because he was in the unseated. He started first. But how about Blake Wharton, Zacho? Dude, I, I actually, like, He's just one of those strange talents that, like, you can never sleep on. And I actually was kind of like, you know, he might, he might like, get a top five or something because he's always been a really good starter. I kind of thought it was going to be ruddy, not quite as ruddy as it was. But, yeah. uh, you, you know, like, he was good, but I actually maybe thought he was going to be a little bit better, to be honest. What? I know he's been away for a long time and everything, but, like, he's, he's a pretty good talent, man. Well, we missed the mark because we all said he's going to be in real tough to make the main event in our fantasy yeah. podcast, and we put him real high handicap because we're like, dude, he's four, he hasn't raced for four years, and this is the showdown. This is the shootout here. This ain't working out. Was he out. the top scorer from the weekend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, yeah. he maxed out. Um, dude, that was really good. I was good on record as saying he should have been low. He should have been lower. Yeah, it, uh, as usual. I J- shouted down multiple yeah, times. Yeah, JT's always right. Don't worry. He'll tell you all about it. But um, Wharton, he was good, man. Like, I guess you're right, Zach. When you have talent, it doesn't go away. It may, it may, it may yeah. just lay there for a little while, but it's in the, it's in you still. Exactly, uh, and and like uh, he he won an indie before. Like he's pretty yep. comfortable there, you know. Like I thought maybe he would really, and not that it was uh, like underwhelming by any means to be away for four years and come back and do that in your first race is pretty big, but yeah. I actually thought he might be like 
really, really good, you know? Well, now you have another senior citizen with you in the class, uh, Zacho, so it must feel, must feel really nice. Wait, who? <laughs> I don't know. How old is Wharton? He's not that old. He's maybe only 25 or 24. Really? Yeah. No, he's got to be older than that. Why again? How old is Wharton? Uh, he might be. He might be right. I don't think he's. I mean, he can't be as old as that. Very few. I've never very ever few. raced him as an amateur at all. Like any in any class in any age Can, group, which is, I mean, Super Mini at that time was twelve to fifteen, which is three years, and I'm twenty eight, not thirty. <laughs> I'm twenty eight. Um, twenty eight. Twenty eight. Mar- Mar- I'm gonna say twenty five, maybe twenty six. Uh-huh. He's been out of it for four years, so we gave up when he was twenty two. Really? Twenty one or twenty two? Yeah. Wow. Well. Listen, Blake's been in the studio before, uh, a few times hosting the show with me, and we've done podcasts with him, and he's a great guy, but he's a little different. So, Weege, what is the the weirdness scale with Blake Wharton and Rhino working together? Like, what's the chart of this? Do we do we can we can we do anything with this? Well, yeah, I was thinking about it. This was really they really blew it that this happened this late in the year. I mean, they're trying to have a reality show, and they're. Smart enough to say we've got the personality of Ryan Hughes and we're going to try to introduce as many people to this as possible and just exploit all we possibly can. Yeah. And Rhino's all about that. Yeah. Like, I'll, I will be as weird and Rhino as I can possibly Rhino. Right. So, yeah, get him a Wharton. That would have been great. I mean, oh. I would have liked to have seen maybe Lieb's okay himself, but if you could have gotten Rhino and the Lieb dad maybe combined uh-huh. on the show. But yeah. that hasn't happened. So let's get... Uh, yeah, let's get Wharton and Rhino together. This shouldn't have taken until almost April. <laughs> let's get really a, a, shame. a pre-race talk with Rhino and Blake. Talking yeah. tracks, life, space, and anything Bar-a-lama. else. Yeah. I uh, could see Blake taking one of the uh, Rhino's Charge Life Instagram posts and like using that as lyrics and then turning that into yeah. sweet, sweet music. Yeah, that'd be great. Hey, did he stop wow. by your rig, uh, Zach? Because I know he and I mean he and Bobby Hewitt always were, you know, when he was on the team, they always got along well. It seemed like Zach didn't burn. Oh, Zach, it seemed like Blake didn't burn any bridges. The teams that he rode for, they still loved the guy. So did was he around all weekend? Did people see him? No, nobody was anywhere, dude. It was a serious blizzard. <laughs> like uh, from the time we woke up, it snowed pretty hard, and then like uh, between the second and third practices, it snowed probably like I don't know three inches in that hour and a half. And then uh, it just kept piling up for, like, the next four hours. And, it, I mean, it snowed a good six or eight inches, so maybe even more. You literally went wild. You went rig, track, rig, track all week, all day. Yeah. 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 And a lot of people, like, they have that little underground piece yeah. down there. A lot of teams um, didn't even come back to the rig. Uh, they just had their little setup down yeah. there. And, yeah. Uh, pick carts and toolboxes, and that was it. Yeah. But we chose to come back and forth. But, yeah, it was uh, – pretty strange deal i've never been to one where they just clipped the pit party like that but uh it was barren wasteland yeah yeah it sounded like it well hey zacko thanks for your time on the uh, on the fly racing racer x podcast hope the fly racing gear is treating you well you uh you're up by seven points you're up by seven points so um your next race will be uh boston no minneapolis 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 hopefully what if it does like an indie blizzard in boston uh, on the track, Ooh. we you have Vulcan Sword or what? We had we had that in Salt Lake City. JT, you were probably racing that night. Absolutely, and yep. uh, and just a blizzard. And Wyndham won, and it was awesome. It looked so cool. It, it was an awesome Steve. It yeah, really was. It was awesome, awesome in the press box. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was nice about that. Was that hey. sipping hot chocolate? Yeah, yeah. I was sitting on the line. The true story. I was sitting on the line. I I won the LCQ. 
And then I came back to the main event, and I, had, I didn't have time to change jersey or anything. I was just soaked. And sitting on the line, and Truman's holding an umbrella over me, and he's like, I'm doing the best I can here, and I'm soaked and cold, and I can't see, and my, I'm just, it's, it's a mess. And I'm like, you know what, Dan? Get that effing umbrella away from me. We're going to talk. We're just going. We're all in on this thing. I'm already wet. You're not doing any good. Like, we're just going to man up, and I'm all in. Yeah. I just was like, bring it all in. Like, I'm going to soak in this entire experience right now. And then I sucked in the main event, and I wish that I had a ball out. (laughs) Was that the night of the JG cross-up on the rhythm? On the what? On the rhythm section? No, that was uh, – no, 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 no. Okay, no. all right. right. cross-up, was, it was dry. Okay, all right. Couldn't remember. Um, <laughs> hey, well, one more thing. Zach, your teammate went into the Steve Mathis nets and destroyed them. Yeah. Was just disgust within the truck. He killed the Steve Mathis nets. He destroyed it. Anderson well, probably we, liked we it. We were all just giving him crap for like, dude, way to, way to ruin a good berm. Like, awesome job, man. <laughs> like, just trying to lighten the mood up because he's, he's, he's not pretty – green and and like you know we're just trying to have fun with him and wow stuff. And, and then he didn't um, make the main so nice job guys way to way to verbally beat him down he didn't even make the main nah um, he's good he'll be fine what, what okay so i never saw it did he he just clipped and went over or did he grab throttle i didn't actually oh. see but okay. i think he uh he went like to the top of it or or near the top of it because it ripped it down and the bike was just like yeah mangled in it um i didn't i never saw the crash or well, the replay of it but uh it couldn't have been very like he couldn't have coasted into it no no it looked like it was in there and it, i mean he broke the whole thing so good job on that moseman and uh yeah you know just tell him tell him he's welcome for that tell him he's welcome <laughs> so all right zacko thanks buddy good job this weekend uh thanks for coming on the show thanks don't harp on me too hard i'll have myself yeah ASAP. N- no worries. Thanks. See ya. Uh, Zach Osmond, everybody, from uh, Rockstar Husky Team, uh, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. So, all right, let's keep talking 250s, right? Um, hey, we just learned something. What? Do that combo. This is why you bring the riders in. What? Folks listening at home, can you answer this trivia question? Zach Osborne, what rider gave him the most difficult time trying to figure out how to make passes and get around? Who was the rider yep. that was the most difficult for Zach to pass? Absolutely. Phil. Phil, baby. Phil. Phil. Um, so JT, um, clearly J J Mart jumped on a red cross on a red cross and we saw Dungy's win taken away for this exact same thing three years ago, two years ago, whatever it was. And, uh, J Mart just gets seven points taken away. Fair or foul? I don't know if it's fair or foul. I don't really understand it though. <laughs> the last time I checked, the guy that wins gets the most points. That's like how the rule. That's how it works. Okay. Like the fundamental aspect of the rules is when you win the race, you get the most points. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. No. I'm, so I, I don't. I don't understand how this is even possible. Like they're breaking some sort of space-time continuum. We have, we have guys who jump and get dock positions. We have guys who jump and get dock time. We've had guys and jump, and now they just lose points. We've literally just about had every. get to win. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. Did you just lose points? We've... That doesn't make any sense, though. Like that's not logically possible. I, I'm saying they've done everything. They've they've counted points and time, and positions. And... All we needed was a black flag. Yeah. All we needed was a black flag. And I mean, look, you know, when when Dungey got taken the win away from in Detroit, it was John Gallagher's call. He was kind of the guy in charge. 
Now I understand why Gant, right? There's a three-man sort of committee here on these penalties. So it's not the same guy making a different ruling. But, I mean, come on. And the other thing that I find weird is, uh, so we had heard, you know, any of these things at any level, whether it's local motocross or right here at the top, it always is spurred by a protest or just basically anger from someone else. That's what always spurs these things. That's just the, the golden rule of motocross. So, in this case, anyone who was mad about J-Mark, what he did, he singled and doubled instead of, yeah. you know, single, single, singling, the triple. In case people didn't see this, that's what he did. He, the red light was on, he singled the first triple, and he doubled out. You're supposed to roll all three. So, I'm sure if you're pro circuit, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, this would be great if he gets penalized and AC gets max points. That's going to move Cinturillo from 12 points back to 9 points back, which is huge. Well, they didn't even get that. Because no. AC got zero extra points. So, whoever was mad, actually, J-Mart at one point was only 12 points down before they took the points away. So, I guess you could say, well, he's less of a threat in the title shot now. Maybe that makes some teams happy. But honestly, I don't feel like anyone got what they wanted if they were angry and protesting. He had to, he has to jump three guys to win the title. So, it's going to be you know pretty tough to do. Um I don't know. Yeah. Did you have to jump three guys on a Red Cross? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. Like, okay, so to me, you take his win away because that's what happened to Ryan Dungey. You agree? Everybody agree? It's the weirdest ruling I've ever heard of, Steve. Well, what about the heart raft ruling? Yeah, well, that was just wrong. Like, there, there's a difference between just being wrong and then weird because weird, you can't take seven points away, but also say he's the winner. And like, why, that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. And why seven? Why seven? It does, there's nothing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, there, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> How many times are you going to say that, JT? It doesn't make any sense. But it's like there's a dartboard, and it's like a dartboard of penalties. Yeah. And they're just like, yep, well, seven sounds right. Um, how do you guys feel about him still winning? Well, I don't know that he can still win when you're taking the points away. Yeah, whatever. Like, that's fine. Let's just do it. Yep, he wins. No. I don't know, man. And as I'm saying, no one that. else benefits. And, and all those other penalties, someone else benefits. When Savachi gets two positions or whatnot in New Jersey last year or whatever they gave him, everybody else moved up. Right. Just gained no that's one. No get. one gained that's anything. Jamar lost points. No one that's else gained what anything. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's the weirdest penalty possible because it doesn't, it doesn't fundamentally make sense. You can't dock someone points in the overall positioning and they still win. How? Please? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something, but that doesn't make sense to me. No, they've done that. Look, Chad Reed, the, didn't the Yamaha penalty guys, they kept their positions, did they not, and just get dock points? Fuel? Yeah. For fuel? fuel? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they kept the win. Yes, they just lost the points. They kept the win, lost points All afterwards. Right. So now we're saying that a fuel penalty. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to. But okay. Well, you're right. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Dunge? Dunge was. His penalty that cost him the win was all by himself, no pressure, just like Jamar, yeah, right? Yeah, exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. Right. Like, but with, with, with Ryan Dungey, they couldn't say, well, hey, look, Anderson was all over you and you pulled away. Like, you can't say that with, that, with this penalty. It was just like Jamar where he had a nice cushion. So, yeah. Well, that's the thing is there was a precedent set with yeah. the Dungey deal. It's yeah. very similar, yeah. you know? I, I, maybe there's a difference. I wasn't at the race, so I can't say it was exactly the same. But from where I was watching on TV, it, it seemed exactly the same. That's why I can't make I can't yeah. make heads or tails of it. 
Well, so there we go, everybody. Um, hey, so talking about Reslin a little bit. Nice job, huh, JT? Good job for Luke and, and, the, and the Traders team, Skip Norfolk, everybody. Nice, nice work, Luke. He rode really, really well. And, you know, and there's part of me that says, hey, you know, you've got to take advantage of opportunities. You've got to capitalize on situations and all that, which we've seen. We've seen guys do really well where maybe you could look at it, you know, with kind of sideways and be like, ah, you know, was he, was he really that good or, or did things kind of fall his way? Uh, in this one, I don't. I don't really think that's the case. When you look at the lap times, uh, I saw something. Someone tweeted he had the fastest lap of the race. I don't know if that's true, um, but he seemed like he was a legitimate podium guy. I mean, the, the lap times, the speed, everything seemed there. And, and yeah. in a 16-minute race, there's plenty of time for people to pass him. Even if you know Plessinger and Zacco weren't in the mix, I don't see how anybody could take anything away from that ride. Plessinger rode great. Why again? Can you imagine not uh, having a clutch problem on the line? Couldn't do the parade lap. Yeah. Kind of doesn't know what the track's going on, and then he's sending it out there. And you know, after after getting caught up in the first turn, like Plessinger rode great. He, he rode fantastic. You know what though? I feel like he's one of the more well equipped for that. Like I'm trying to wonder on the scale, and we might find out because he's got a baby on the way. Yeah. But what would it take for Plessinger to really seem to care massively and freak <laughs> out over something? Last well, no, the bad flagger at Colorado. Yeah. I guess we did see it. Yeah, yeah. And here, la- it is, here it is, neck, Weech. Oh God, JT still on the crusade. Still on the yep. crusade. Did he hurt his neck in this crash last year? Um, <laughs> I feel like if there's one dude that's gonna just roll with it and be like, yeah, whatever, as long as you get it started before the gate drops, I'm good. Yeah. Um, plus, I mean, Plessinger has owned any race in Indiana many times. Uh, especially with the ruts, you know, so maybe that gave him a little shot of like, yeah, again, as long as you get this thing started, I got confidence I'm going to make this happen. I don't think he was as nervous maybe as some other guys, so maybe that helped. He seemed like he was pretty chill during yeah. this seeming crisis. Yeah. He was wearing the cat gear, bro. I saw that. Yeah, he's wearing the cat gear. So, you know, when you wear cat gear, you're cool. Cool cat. Yeah, cool cat. Cool cat. Yeah, cool cat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would have been I would have been pretty bummed if I was passenger on a track like that where it's so ruddy. Uh, and everybody's different. Some guys, you know, maybe he doesn't care. But for me, man, I really, I put a lot of stock in being able to see the track on the hot lap. I really like to know where I was going and know what ruts I could trust and know where I needed to stay away from. Um, and to have that taken away, man, that, that would have really bothered me. So, um, yeah, kudos to him for yeah. not really letting it get to him too much. Yeah, and he pulled out, um, I don't have the West points in front of me because AMA didn't print them off, of course, in the sheets, but pulled out lead on uh, on Savachi in the points. I think, it, was he 8 ahead? No, he was 12 ahead? He's only 4. No, he's only 4, four ahead. ahead. Okay, so now he's now he's 8 ahead, I think. Maybe more, maybe 10. Um, biggest surprise of the night was Borton, right? All three of us would agree with that. Yeah, he's uh, 9 ahead, Steve. 9 ahead. So Wharton, biggest yep. surprise, right, of that shootout? I'd say, I, yeah. well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess so. Um, Phil, I mean, yeah. The way it, the way it played out, yeah, he was. I don't know. You watch him in practice. I don't think it should have been a huge surprise. I mean, he was sixth overall. I, yeah. yeah. It's just one of those things where you didn't really. I think going in, maybe you didn't expect him to be that good. But after you watch him in practice, you're like, man, this guy, this guy can ride. Yeah. Still, obviously. So uh, I wasn't that shocked by his main event after I watched practice. Props to Jacob Williamson. For getting it in there, 373. 
in a, in a, in a huge field. Like we said, Moseman didn't make it. Uh, so good job for um, for Jacob Williamson for getting in there. Um, all right, anything else in 250s before we move to 450s? Were you guys a little Christian surprised Craig, that uh, Sabachi and Forkner were not? They, they, I'm sure they did not have the nights they were hoping to have. Um, I was surprised. Sabachi actually got passed by a few guys in the heat race, and that West group is very tight. They go back and forth all the time. But uh, And then Forkner was barely able to take advantage of being half a lap ahead of Zach at the beginning. I was surprised with those two. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Faulkner with those ruts and everything. That's not a great, it's not a great uh, thing for him, you know. Not a great uh, soil and all that. A lot of mistakes maybe being made. But, yeah, maybe, maybe. But Savachi, I agree with. I think yeah, Savachi had a crash. Hard. Maybe. Yep. Go ahead, JT. I think Faulkner. Faulkner just trying too hard. And when I watch him, he just looks like he's a little bit too aggressive, too loose, trying a little bit too hard. Um. AC had some good practice crashes, as did Jordan Smith, and they both went second and, and fourth, so good job for those guys. Um, yeah, man, it's a, it was a tricky track, for sure. And uh, I would say the surprise performance was maybe Kyle Peters with an eighth. Peters going to Peters. Not anymore, man. Peters left two weeks, has not Peters. Yeah, he's been no, you're right. Different, he's been someone different. Uh, JT, uh, you work closely with the uh, Rocky Mountain KTM team. Any idea what Dakota Alex was thinking, sending it into Chiz for the 10th and final spot uh, at the finish line, before the finish? For 10th place? Yes, for 10th. Um, I don't know. Gay, yeah, gay I, I, I honestly didn't see that. So. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Oh, well, I, you, no, I, I missed that part. So, oh yeah, I mean, if he, he must have thought he was a 9th. I, I hope he did. Ninth. I hope he did. It was well, it was very bizarre. Knowing like when you're when you know because typically you're getting the the signals there, and you kind of know where you're at, and especially you can tell by the panic in your mechanic if you're going for ninth or not. So I would I would assume there had to be some sort of miscommunication. You're not going to just kill somebody for tenth if you know you're. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I would I, I would hope so. I would think anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks to uh, Fly Racing and Alpine Stars and Max's Tires. Uh, for making this podcast happen. We'll uh, we'll go to this commercial, listen to this uh, commercial from Racetech. Use the code PulpMX18 to save at Racetech.com. Uh, and we'll be right back after this to talk some 450s from Indianapolis. Racetech suspension and engines, people. PulpMX18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Racetech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, Racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast. Thanks to uh, FlyRacing.com for everything they do for the show. And also to Maxxis Tires, MXST Tire coming out uh, soon. Developed by the king, 
Jeremy McGrath, who just went head-to-head with Chris Kiefer and beat him at the uh, the vet race on the weekend. And also to uh, Alpine Star Protects, the Tech 10 boot, the, the A4 Chess Pro, or the uh, Tech 7 boot, whatever it is, you know Alpine Stars is uh, is got it going on. And they had some uh, LE gear that Jason Anderson and, and Eli Tomac wore. So, um, all right, let's get to 450s. Uh, 32nd lead, uh, Wygant for Marvin Muskan. Not a surprise either, I don't think, on a track like this. Well, no, once Tomac crashed. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looked like it was going to shape up to be a pretty good battle. Um, I mean, props to Marvin. It wasn't like Eli was all over him. But I'd say it was, what, two and a half seconds maybe? I think it was about two, yeah, two and a half, yep. Yeah, and there were still 11 minutes to go. So, you know, we saw what happened in Tampa. Eli was able to get him. So it definitely wasn't a guaranteed win for Marvin, but it wasn't like Tomac was all over him. But I still feel that even though Tomac won by less last week, I still feel like that was a little more impressive because he basically had Anderson and Marvin start right behind him, and he put 20 seconds on them, where Marvin had Eli behind him, but then Eli crashed. So yeah. I, I would actually rank last year, last week's victory as more dominant, even though Marvin's margin yeah. was bigger. No, I, yeah. I agree. I agree. Nobody, yeah. nobody crashed. JT, great track for Marvin, his style. Ruts and being technical and throttle control and all of that. Yeah, I, I had him uh, I had him pegged to get second. My top three before the race was Eli, Marvin, Anderson. And, uh, yeah, you know, I don't I don't know. They really didn't show Eli's crash. And I, they weren't showing Eli a ton, that, like the, how close Eli was to him. So I'm guessing that Eli was pushing trying to catch him. Um, but, yeah, I, I really felt like it was going to be between those two. But the way Eli looked all day and the, the, you know, momentum he's had the last few weeks, I thought Eli would pull it out. But there was no doubt. You know, going into the weekend, the way the whoops shaped up and the way the dirt was and how precise you had to be, that uh, that Marvin would be good. Uh, Weege, why? how do we not see Tomac crash? They, they didn't have it? Like, wouldn't they have it on a second-place guy that was two seconds back of the leader? Uh, I think under normal circumstances, yes. But if you watch the first half of that main, they pretty much showed Anderson the whole time. So I think they were like, okay, we're going to keep a camera on the leader. And they're going to use their regular coverage to follow Anderson through, which leads one man out. Um, normally, you don't notice this because they're not spending their time following a good dude in 18th, 14th, 12th, 9th, 5th like Anderson. But that was like the worst-case scenario. I, f- um, I feel like they have a lot of crashes, and even if they're in the background, they, have, they catch a lot of crashes, and they show us these crashes. Oh, yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. If they had it, they would have shown it. Oh, are you – are you possibly thinking there's a conspiracy theory? No, 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 no. They oh. they must have not gotten it. But like Cowie called the TV truck mid show. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Saying, monster called. Yeah, monster. As the show's live. Right, monster. Yeah. There's always He's not just, show him crashing. It's never just a guy. It's monster. It's just monster. It's never some guy. Um, I saw a YouTube comment the other day. Like I'm looking at the press conferences uh, posted on the Monster Energy Supercross YouTube channel. And people are like, really, Monster? You're monetizing press conference videos now? And I'm like, it's called – Monster's just a sponsor. The series is called Monster Energy Supercost. These press conferences videos are not produced by Monster. Yeah, Monster uh. just gets hit and all. No, I don't think it's possible. They basically are like, we're going to show the action we want and keep a camera on the leader at all times. So that leaves second place as the odd man out. Well, I must have f- been pissed. Oh, I, I feel like – they always say, hey, check out the top of the screen here. You know what I mean? We, we don't have the crash exactly, but check out the top of the screen. We have the guy in the background, and they didn't even have that. Yeah, you know? and even practice. It's shocking how many times someone has a practice crash 
which is so random. Guys aren't even, you know, it's not like this guy's the leader. They're just randomly shooting whoever, and they yeah, still get it. That's what I'm so saying. This, yeah. They must have been so mad, like, that they did not get this one. Because, yeah, you're right. They almost always, always, always find it. Maybe we'll just go with Monster Stopped It. That's a better theory, I think. That's good. Yes. Yeah. There's just a green light that goes on in the truck. Um, <laughs> Don't show it. Dean, uh, Dean Wilson got second. Great job for Dino. JT, a mutual friend of ours, said that Dino told him that that's probably the worst anybody's ever ridden and gotten second. He just did not feel comfortable. We didn't see him much on on broadcast, but I, I could believe yeah, that. Yeah, but that's kind of how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Um, on, on a track where, man, if you watch if you watch Supercross Live during the afternoon, it was crash after crash after crash. So sometimes, you know, slow and steady may not win the race, but it'll get you on the podium. And while he may not have felt like he rode well, you know, he wasn't riding bad, obviously. Uh, but, man, there are nights like that where the track is, is so treacherous and it's so easy to make a mistake that if you get a good start and don't don't screw it up, then good things are going to happen for you. And for a guy that's never really done that, like he's always the opposite of that, you know, as far as Dean. He never gets a good start and puts himself in a good position. It was uh, – I actually – I enjoyed seeing it work out for him in that way. Because um, he's always a guy that's getting a bad start and having to fight through or fight, you know, figure something out where versus, you know, circumstances played out for him this time. Um, anybody have a problem with that pass on Tickle? Tickle was in second. Dino knocked him down. Anybody? I heard, I heard and read some things. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't really have a, a super strong opinion either way, but anytime you're, you know, it's going to be both sides. The guys that are Dino fans and that side are going to be see it one way, and Tickle fans are going to see it the other way, and there's going to be no gray, I don't think. I thought it was fine. I did. I just thought it was racing. Came into him, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Side that's to, what I'm saying. That, side to side I mean. contact, like, yeah. It, it, it depends on which side you're on, because you're going to see it completely differently. And but I, I'm not, I'm not on, on that. I'm not on Dean's side. I'm just neutral. No, no, I, I know. I'm just saying, like the the Dean fans inside are going to see it one way. It's like ah, whatever. Like it was fine. And then you know, if you're if you're a Swiss core or if you're a Tickle fan, you're going to be like, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? What do you think, Weege? Yeah, I'm pretty much done having opinions on these things because it's just impossible. It's just impossible. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about Fortner and Osborne a couple weeks ago. I don't know about this. I don't know about Marvin and Anderson. I don't know. What do you know? About, I don't know. What do you know? About I the, can't win. What do you know about the Chad Reed start record? What do you know about that? Hey, sometimes you're wrong, man. Just got to admit just, it. Just admit it, man. Just admit it. Bartman just says. Yep. Um, uh, well, we'll stay with you, Weege. Uh, Brayton, third week in a row with a heat race win. Did I read that right? I think I yeah. did. Yeah. And, yeah. and third in the, in, the, uh, in the main event. But I don't understand. The week before Brayton's Daytona win, he told us on the Pulp Show, you know what, man? When the track gets gnarly, I don't want to push it. And I just don't want to do that, and that's my weakness of mine. You know, I don't want to crash. When the track's getting gnarly, I don't, I don't send it as much as I should. It's what he told us. And he goes and wins Daytona. Now he gets third this weekend in, in, in treacherous tracks, you know? so. Well, I think it shows that anything said on the Pulp Show is garbage. Oh, okay. That, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. So I think well, that's the start. Right. We'll, go, um, we'll start there. He did tell me at Daytona. He alluded to that same thing, and they did make some bike changes. So I hate to say it was set up, but uh, yeah. they made some bike changes to try to cope with the tracks being more gnarly. But you know what? I think this situation, it goes beyond, it almost flips in the other direction. Like, chewed up gnarly regular track, 20-minute main, one thing. This is like a whole nother level. We're actually not sending it 
might actually be the best thing you can yeah. do. I think a little bit like like Brayton's a poor man's Marv, right, JT, with uh, the way he rides? And, and, then, and for all the reasons that have benefited Marv, it could benefit uh, Brayton. Yeah, I think maybe in some ways, but Brayton is, they're very different riders. Like Brayton, the tougher the whoops are, the better he is. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think Brayton is, and I think part of that from both of them comes from age. They're both older. So I think they kind of understand that the fastest guy doesn't always win and the fastest guy doesn't always get the best result. You know, it's it's a 21-minute race, and uh, you've got to be there at the end. So um, I, I do think they approach races the same way. So if you want to look at it that way, then, yes, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, Anderson, I know they were trying to uh, – Anderson goes down in the first turn or gets stuck, I should say, in the first turn, and I know they're following in the open laps. I tweet right away. I'm like, I know they want to build drama, but calm down. Anderson will be fine. Maybe I didn't think he'd make it up to fourth, but great ride by Anderson. Uh, why get? Yeah, I agree. Uh, until he's on the ground straight up, like laying there, like looking like he's hurt. Yeah. It it just doesn't matter. I mean, we already saw this scenario in Daytona. Um, and I don't want to give excuses for anyone, but let's be honest. The field is not that deep at this point. No, he is going to rip by 75% of these dudes. Yeah, and these 20-minute mains definitely help in that situation. We've just seen this with a million riders before. I mean, we used yep. to joke how there was almost nothing, unless the bike breaks, Chad Reed getting fourth or better no matter what for about 12 years. Yeah, pretty much. These dudes just do it. They just figure out a way to get it done. Now, still, you have to give credit to Anderson. That track made a lot of guys crash. It didn't make him crash. No one crashed into him, so he was obviously smart picking his way through. I mean, he earned that. But, yeah, I totally agree. At no point was I like, oh, dude, he's going to finish 14th. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, God. oh, God. No. Oh, oh God. This, this thing's going to be down to 10 points by the end of the night. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that Daytona was the absolute worst he could do, and what did he get, 7th? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, until he's hurt, he'll rip through the pack. Yep. Uh, JT, is Pike okay? Do you know? Did you check on anybody? I know you're not really working, but... Uh, I not like he's okay, just beat up, as usual. I, I feel like every week he's been really beat up and lucky to be racing, so I feel like we're just going to continue on just, that on through the break. And he needed he needed to get really beat up to carry that through the off weekend, so then he would be struggling again going into Seattle. Right, right. Um, Chad Reed had a good night. Mookie, Mookie had a good night. Mookie's been good lately, Weege. It's been good. Yeah, I think so, but I feel like with these JGR guys, I can never keep track. You just see, like, one dude picking himself up, one guy's out, one guy's in. <laughs> I can never keep track of who had the good night and who had the bad night. Yeah. So Mookie was good this one? Pike yeah. was bad? Yeah, yeah, that was it, yep. Okay, because there's other ones where it's like, oh, Mookie's going to be good tonight, then he crashes, and Pike ends up having the good finish. I can't keep up. Yep. But, yeah, it does seem like Mookie is improving here. I know we've talked about this before. He's finally getting to test the bike, and maybe there's a chance – do you really think when Mookie showed up, wherever he did, round two? Is that when he came in? Yeah. I think it was full motoing down, just trained to the teeth, like just unbelievably prepared. No. When he showed up around two? No. This is why it's, no. it's mystifying to me. All, this is all mystifying to me, the Mookie's program the last two years. Right. So here we go, ten weeks later, and now he's starting to get into form. Right. Um, Cooper Webb was on the ground with Anderson. Got seventh. How was Cooper Webb even racing? I, I thought he was out. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Yeah. But, Take him one for the team. Yeah. Seriously. Um, we do not have time to hire a replacement rider. You must race. <laughs> Barcher should be back by Seattle, I think, right? Yeah, that's, Seattle, the, that's exactly. the plan. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, Benny Benny Bloss. Nice job, Benny Bloss. Got him eighth. Yeah, he's been getting better. Yep. Been getting better and better. Yep. Um, is it? No, nah, Webb wears a chest pro, right? Yeah, Webb uh, does, yeah. Okay, so Webb was the fastest guy with a chest protector. Benny was next. Benny, Benny wears one. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. I was gonna. I was claiming oh. Benny for fastest guy, the chest pro, but Webb got him. Right. Right. Uh, Chad Reed was good on a track. Does it matter if they wear it under their jersey? Uh, I mean, that might cover a lot of guys. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> um, Chad Reed was good because JT, he's just a veteran guy. Not going to make mistakes. Very yeah, uh, but his starts have, his starts have been great, man. Yeah, I, I feel like his starts are really, uh, you know, it's like makeup over all of his injuries and lack of preparation this season yeah. because he's been up front so many times, whether it's the LCQ or the main event or the heat race. You know, he's not he's not in shape enough, or the you know the speed is not there to stay there. But man, his starts are good. Yeah, heat race start was great. What was he in the main? In the main main, four fifty main. Was he? I, I don't know, I, but I just know every time, man. Even if he doesn't, you know, if he's not first or second, if you yeah. just look right outside the front guys, he's always right there every single time coming from the outside, typically. But out of the gate, you know, if, if this was vintage Chad Reed speed and you know his, if he was on form, he would be tough to beat right now because man, whatever it is, whether it's the new bike or whatever they have going on, that you know he's getting himself to the front most more times than not. A very crappy performance, huh, Wygant? Yeah, what is that joke? I, I missed that one. Never mind. All right, there. Um, uh, Chad did ride well, but who finished right a, in front of him? Yeah, it was a crappy deal. Don't worry about it. Yeah, right. crappy deal. Right. What did you say, Wygant? Must be from one of your 19 other podcasts you guys do together. Um, who finished right in front of Chad, though, in the results? Yeah, Benny Bloss. Oh, <laughs> right, no, right. I can't, still can't crack that egg. Can't. <laughs> they're, they're not 11th and 12th. They're 7th they're, they're, uh, yep. and 8th, or 8th and ninth. But, yeah, exactly, right? Another classic yep. Bloss-Reed battle. Oh, God. Seen it once, seen it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at, at for this is, why again, this is for, we're going to talk some fantasy here real quick. Um, oh, boy. JT, one of my thoughts on guys for fantasy was that I looked at Oakland, which was also very sketchy and very scary track. And outside the outside the stadium or where? No, inside. Yeah, inside. Um, oh, okay. Cunningham and Freeze just launched their bikes left and right all night long in Oakland main event, right? And I'm like, hey, okay. they're going to do the same thing in Indianapolis. These two dudes are going to be launching their bikes. Well, they got 12th and 13th. So it goes to show you, I guess. Good job for those two guys because Oakland did not go well for either dude. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's good for them. I mean, I, I feel like Cincerello just took whatever they had and was like, "Okay, I'm gonna crash, so you guys don't have to. I will be the I will be the sacrificial yeah, lamb." Yeah. Uh, and Tomac, well, Tomac crashed. So I asked this question on my Thursday show. Uh, Eli was 18 points back of Marv, and uh, everybody thought that he would pass Marv. Well, now he's 36 ahead of Marv with five rounds to go. Does he get second in the points? Why again? No, I, I don't. I, that, people were already considering that done. At eighteen points, yes, we considered it done. But Marv was Marv's been riding well for like the last two months. He's been like second, third, fourth. Yeah, fourth. we still like Tomac to rip off some wins here. Yeah, I understand, but it's not like Marvin's been garbage. Okay, well, sorry. When all you're right, finishing so, within a position. All right, so we got your vote. We registered it. Fine, thanks. He's basically been within a position or two of Eli every week. Yeah, uh, and 
Look, man, now I know there's even a chance that the Cowie guys are listening to this in their shop, which makes this very dangerous. So maybe I'll just say it this way. Schlee-lie gonna schlee-lie. Nah, I'm not there yet. Still not there? No, because that's like... Crash or win? I don't feel like he was crash or win. Like He broke that string, I feel. He did, well, yeah. Like Atlanta, he was just okay. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta, he was just... Atlanta was not crash or win, he was just solid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm, I'm I'm all in on the crasher win. The new guy, the new one, the new cow. Yep. Um. Well, we're going to Seattle, and guess what? That's going to be like Indianapolis, probably. So we're going to see more more uh, tough and ruddy conditions for these dudes. Have you seen a scenario like Tomax before ever before where a dude crashes appears to be done? Then, then gets back in it and then, like, goes really fast again. Like, that was – Yeah, he was – I don't even know, man. He was sitting on a tough block for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, three or four laps later, you start seeing a green fender. And I'm like, who is that? Yeah. I'm like, that cannot possibly be Tomac. First of all, is he even in the race? And second of all, he's going the same speed as anyone else on the track. Yeah. That was a strange scenario. Yep, yep. Um. Yeah, it is. You're right. We've never seen a guy maybe do do it like that. See, anti Ryan Dungey. It's the exact anti anti Ryan Dungey in so many ways. Uh, yeah. My, look, man, we, we like Eli, and we obviously respect him. We all picked him to win the title this year, but this stuff is crazy, man. It's like just when you're like, okay, now it's on. Now he's got it. It's yeah. on lockdown. Right. Um. Nice job for Merriman and Van Buskirk, Carlin Gardner. Nice job, guys, getting in the main events. Good job for those privateer heroes. Seven deuce deuce riding yeah. himself into spots. So, there's spots open right now. It's yeah, up for grabs, man. I've I've been in that spot where you know there's a handful of privateers that are capable. You just got to be. You got to make it, make it happen. You got to be the, one of the guys that gets in. Yeah, um, and it sounded like a Pulpamex quadruple privateer challenge I had going on. We we were awarding points for you know LCQ finishes, but not main event finishes. You, so you couldn't make the main. The best you could do was go four 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 or five 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 in the in the four races. And uh, Devin Raper and Brandon Shear were one two going into this one. Congratulations to Raper for getting it done. Do you think that they would have checked up? Like if if Scherer or Raper was like fourth. In the last chance, they it, would have been like, eh, I'm going to pull up. It sounded like they were discussing it. They knew the points. They knew there's cash, uh, quite a bit of cash up involved for it. And they sounded like they were, yes, both gunning for it. And I wasn't there, but Shearer caught up to Raper in the LCQ and was going for the pass to win the Pulpamex Quadruple Privateer Challenge. They were they were in ninth. And Shearer says they made contact and Shearer went down. Man, that would have been exciting to be there. See that. So congratulations, Raper. We're Pulp Mex helping out privateers and saving lives with nets. So, all right. Um, all right, anything else, boys? Fly Racing, Razor X Podcast? We're on to Seattle. Indianapolis Review. Thanks to Zach Osborne for coming on. I tried to get Seven Deuce Deuce to join us, but he's on a plane. And uh, we didn't get reply back to Chase Stalla, who was interested in coming on. Sorry, Chase. Sorry, not sorry. I made it happen from Mexico. Yeah, you made it happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, I know. You can't make it happen from Boise half the time, but Mexico, no problem. It's very odd. My commitment cannot be denied. Um, 
All right, Seattle. Weed, you going to Seattle? I don't think so. Wow. Yep. I remember when you used to go to races. That was cool. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. This was, was the longest run ever. It was a great. It was a great time for all of us when we used to go to the races. Yeah. yeah. Who Who's actually in their last year here? Me or you? Like, what's going on? Yeah, this is the longest run of not going to Supercross that I've had since 2004. So. You and uh, changing. You and Ralph. You get the gig together. Now you've changed. Yeah, Ralph's like the one that travels and like goes to races. I just sit back. Dream team. Yep. It's been real weird. Yep. Um, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors. Please subscribe to Racer X Magazine. Are we doing that hangout soon? Is that coming up, Wygant? Yeah, I think the date closed on it. Or maybe it's today. You guys better get it in quick. Go to RacerXOnline.com slash subscribe. If it's still going, I think it's closing like as we speak. It might be tonight. Uh, so good luck. And uh, Minneapolis, Boston, Vegas, I'll be at those. Anything else, you're stuck with JT. <laughs> Fantastic. Stuck with JT, who's already got his hands full of VIPs. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. That's the Indianapolis wrap-up. Thanks, JT. Thanks, Weege. See you guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? 
The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.